Welcome to Cut the Fluff, a space where we drop the small talk, peel back the curtains, and truly delve into what it is that makes us tick and what's keeping us up at night. You can expect honest, raw, and very vulnerable conversations. What's your story? What's your sign? It's like we're twin flames in a different life. Deep connection, lights a spark. It's like you know me in the depths of my heart. We're dreamers. Hiya, folks. Welcome to the very first episode of Cut the Fluff. We're excited to have you join us for the journey. As you can probably recognize in this very first episode, Annika and I are both just trying to find our feet in the podcasting realm. We want to keep things really raw, honest, and vulnerable. So we look forward to taking you on the adventure with us. In today's episode, we'll be looking at self-preservation, what that actually means, and what it looks like during a pandemic. We'll also discuss discuss navigating conflict, particularly when individuals have opposing views, and the ability to actually change your mind once you've been presented with new information. Annika and I both touch on the theme of a Renaissance woman, which Annika will go into detail about during the episode. And we also highlight what aspect of this pandemic has been the most challenging for us both and how we're doing our best to navigate it. We hope you enjoy this episode, and if you like it enough, subscribe and leave us a comment. This is starting. Okay. All right. So we decided that we would start recording from the very beginning of this little project that we've decided to take on. Do you want to introduce yourself, Annika? (laughs) (laughs) I think my hair introduces me. What kind of look are are we going for at the moment? Oh, okay. We're sporting the, I think this is the more glam mum bun. Um, so what I've done, I've, I've washed it and I've twisted it up into a little um, butterfly clip there. And what you get is like a little bird's nest effect. <laughs> Perfect for that bar and, bar and wildlife just to come and reflects yeah. <laughs> my state of mind right now. <laughs> a bird's Maybe nest. For the call. Um, yep. My name is Annika Patel. And I'm sure we will divulge more about ourselves as we get into it. Who are you? I'm Daniela Rhodes. I think the whole concept behind starting this podcast, I think we should delve into that. And I don't know if we both agree about this perspective. Firstly, we don't even have a name for it just yet. And I think we wanted to really take you along with us in the process because I think we have a really big tendency to only start projects when we deem them perfect and just to prove that things can evolve and they should evolve. So we'll probably look back on this initial video and go, oh my Lord, are you serious? This is where we started. But as long as we keep on getting better and better from here. I think we should take the listeners on the journey of like how we even got here, why we're even recording. Well, I think it was born out of just some really deep and meaningful conversations often with me in the car on the way to pick up kids and you on a walk flustered and over it and things percolating and I think I think it came out of a space of just wanting to keep it real and like get past all the small talk and the the facade of like oh I'm doing so well I'm doing great the world is great um and get into some of the meat and potatoes of like what's really going on under the hood Mm. and I think 
when you shared your experiences, what was going on in your life in that moment, I felt myself reflected back to me and I felt like that created a shared space. And I was like, I think other women or other men are feeling this too. And I think it just progressed over a few conversations of every time we pick up the phone, we're like, ah, we should have recorded that because maybe they would have they're a fly on the wall maybe they would have got insight or felt heard and seen which I think in these times that's what people are craving the most is to feel heard seen connected part of something bigger than themselves and so yeah here we are showing up pretty raw and ragged here we are and I think as well there's not much that will be left off the table in these conversations do you know how funny I was actually having to think before we started recording I was like how do I want to state that how this idea started and you've perfectly kind of packaged that up and it is truly about those moments that we've had and we're like damn it we should have recorded this and I think we should like ease our listeners in but um <laughs> oh I think what's top of mind is actually something you posted last night about self-preservation and like we're 18 months into a pandemic and we've been living with this for a while now and I think the initial like fight or flight response is starting to wane and it's starting to take a toll on people and you articulated that in your post on insta last night of like the name of the game right now is self-preservation and if that means stepping offline and away from toxic conversations and um, things that don't fill you up and fill your cup then um, you're doing yourself a disservice and I think I think that would be interesting to dive into and maybe you can tell us more about what you were thinking when you wrote that. Like did that come from like a final straw for you? Did something tick you off yesterday to go, There's, I think, a couple of elements that really play into it. As I started with the post that it's common themes that I'm hearing that are kind of echoing throughout all of the conversations that I'm having with friends, family, loved ones, witnessing online and it is people are experiencing a sense of numbness, a sense of detachment, a sense of disease within the body. Ultimately, we've almost become desensitized and we have had to in some way in order to preserve ourselves to be able to get on with our futures, even though we don't necessarily have any form or concept of what that looks like because it's changing by the minute. And for me personally, I think. I've found the online environment quite activating at times over the past couple of weeks, particularly with there's so much going on. People have, you know, their perspective on things. And then there are so many things happening in, for example, Afghanistan. And I'm quite an empath and I feel emotion. And I just, I'm really kind of trying my best just to navigate the space as gracefully as I can totally understanding the fact that everyone is witnessing this what's going on through their own reality through their own set of eyes through their own set of conditioning and just trying to lead with empathy a space of I guess compassion as well because we're all just trying to do our best within this time and yeah it's been a really really challenging 18 months so I think that's where the post really kind of came from for me and just a reminder to people that they truly have the ability to step back 
and nurture themselves. And I use the expression of we really need to find a, a way to continue filling our own wells because only then can we start pouring into the cups of others. And oh. in all honesty, we're going, we need each other to get through these next couple of years or however long this is going to drag out for. And I hate saying that because I'm naturally an optimist at heart, but it's getting hard. It's really getting challenging to just even, you know, I really love visualizing and I'm super into manifestation and, and that's even getting challenging. I, I feel, I find it a bit sticky at this point in time. So I'm very much at the point where I've just had to shut off to preserve in order to maybe one day, you know, in two weeks time, I can take another step forward. And it's just that, that loop that I find myself in at the moment. And I don't know about you, if there's any particular coping mechanism that you've developed in this time. Yeah. I mean, I relate to all of that. And I think what I'm trying to do at the moment is be really aware of when I'm getting triggered or when I'm at the point, the break point. And then that's when I lash out and like trying to circumvent that just before it happens or not even just before it happens, like in the lead up, like 24 hours prior. And I hear you, like I'm a meditator, but my God, that's feeling hard sometimes. And I sit there and I'm like, just focus on the part, just focus on the space around you. And it's like, it's like my body is like kicking and screaming and doesn't want to do it. Mm. Um, so for me, like what we've been doing this week is playing music in the house. I find that's an instant mood shift um, and dancing with the kids. And um, like, I can see your oil diffuser there, like burning oils and lathering like, <laughs> myself before this call. I'm like lathered up in doTERRA all over my body. But I find like those sensorial things and those things that ground us are like a real, they're a quick win for the body and they're not the long-term permanent thing you can do but I think they just like get you over this the starting line to then move into a space where you can go oh I can sit my body down and do a meditation or like work up to doing a a 40-minute workout but you're not going to get there unless you like satiated that noise inside of your body and your head like chatty mind do would you consider yourself someone that has the monkey mind I didn't before, but now, like, I sit back and I listen to the voices. <laughs> okay. As an yeah. observer. So you almost take a back seat and take a seat and, and witness the conversations yeah. that are actually going on. Oh, yeah. That and I've noticed replaying social interactions. Like my mum and I had a pretty gnarly interaction two days ago. My mind really likes to, like, do the merry-go-round on like I'll replay it and replay it and replay it. Yep. So and ruminate I- on like what what was. Do you know actually, here's a fun thing. So I heard this in a podcast a couple of weeks ago. This is total sideline, but worry is about the future. Rumination is about the past. Mm. So I heard that. So you're you're finding yourself in in kind of a state of rumination constantly. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Like what what happened? Like I think that's good to go back and become aware of what happened and think about how you would do it differently next time but I think it's a fine line that you go back and you ruminate so much that you recreate the story or you 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 like reposition it in your mind you reframe it and so it's like you said before it's like my reality through 
my perspective of how I viewed that situation versus how my mum saw it. Mm. And then last night when I was like, hey, mum, what happened between us? She was like, oh, no, I want to go there. Okay, so she's still kind of quite reserved and and yeah. wanting not wanting to delve into the, the whole oh, conversation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we can dive into that if you like. I, I don't know if you want to go that pathway or <laughs> it's really it's really up to you if you want to delve into that or if we maybe want to discuss, um, you know, when we do come up in times of conflict, maybe some of the things that you found really assist with kind of diffusing firstly your own space and then being able to come back into a space and I guess get the best result out of out of it for everyone that has been involved in the disagreement or whatever it may be so I'll let you choose which pathway we want to go down today this is how off the cuff we are folks yeah 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 (laughs) I think because that's fresh and then I want to hear your technique for this because I think what this showcases is communication is a minefield like I have degrees in communication and I teach people communication at work how to communicate better at work, how to get along with people, how to create rapport. And then you come back to your own household and you're like, fuck, I can't even get it right with my my mom. Or then here I am in the kitchen fighting with my partner. I'm like, I failed. In that moment, out of curiosity, this is, do you feel like a fraud? So when you have those moments in the household and then you're out there in the world, you know, teaching people how to be the best leaders, how to have, you know, um, uh, emotional intelligence or whatever it may be. Do you have those moments where you're kind of like, oh, God, oh, should I actually... Imposter. Yeah. Sorry? A big imposter syndrome. Imposter, of... yeah. <laughs> Who the hell do you think you are with your big boots on teaching rapport building and, yeah, EQ and... You can't even get it right with your mum. Like your mum's pissed at you. <laughs> so, look, I think we are human, and it's part of the human experience that we learn from these experiences, and like we can only improve. I think that idea hit home for me a few years ago when I just divulged my whole family. <laughs> I'll throw it again. <laughs> Let it flow, my friend. <laughs> I think that people, I used to think that the perfect relationship, whether it's like a love relationship or a friendship, meant that you never have conflict. Mm. And I just don't think that's true. I think I think healthy conflict where even though mum and I have had a tiff, I know we will come back from this and we'll sit down with a clear head and work through it. But I think without that conflict, I mean, some people do it, but I think the conflict is healthy. I think you've got to have different beliefs about things and you've got to have your edge and that edge gets triggered. And then that's, I think it's like a, like a bone that breaks. It comes back stronger when it does come back together. The relationship's better for it. Mm. So maybe it sounds like I'm skirting around the... (laughs) No, I, but I I totally agree. I think we're witnessing in today's society is that kind of tiptoeing. No one's willing to have a different perspective or or some people are actually keeping their opinions to themselves, firstly, because they're preserving their own energy um, just because they're met with so much backlash. And I just feel like as a whole, we don't even have the space to have conversations anymore that, you know, it might not mean that we're all in alignment and, you know, seeing things eye to eye, but 
there's almost no space for the actual conversation in between anymore. Yeah. And I was listening to a podcast a couple of weeks ago and he was a lecturer for journalism and he brought the topic of Trump up on the table during class and he noticed something quite interesting. Anyone that was below the age of 25 refused to take part and in the conversation. It was only individuals over a certain age bracket that were willing to step in and have opposing views. Wow. So, and he's like, this is actually quite concerning because no one's actually speaking up. No one's putting forth their point of view. And it's almost like we haven't nurtured that level of being able to not see eye to eye with somebody else. Yeah. still have the ability to sit, listen, observe and potentially take something away. You don't necessarily need to agree with the other person, but it's just this cancel culture of just like heads butting and there's nothing in between. Oh, I know. And I was thinking about this on the drive home before our discussion today. And I was like, you know what? That idea of being able to have discourse, like conversation and discussion and talk to people that have different points of view, permission to change your mind. Like Mm. I think that's part of being human, like permission to change your belief system 180 degrees on what you once believed is okay. And I think that's healthy and I think that needs to happen in order for humanity to progress is you have to be willing to put down belief systems that don't serve anymore instead of this like righteousness to like hold on to it to a shroud of what you think is truth until the end when it's like it's okay hey it's cool to say I was wrong or I'm willing to see a different perspective in light of new information new data I I think you're right like that has been beaten out of people just the very like laid out on the table to have a conversation and I think that's where this kind of started is like we don't have to believe the same things but we should be able to talk about them freely mm-hmm. and not feel like Danny's not going to be my friend if I tell her that I think this about this thing. So We're all being, I'm starting to see it, you know, play out particularly in this day and age. Like even I'll bring up a very um, particular scenario is I have a cohort of friends who are vegans and who are very passionate about the cause. But then I also have noticed other individuals in my surrounds that no longer feel like they can share particular things on their social media that doesn't align with the people that they're associating with. And they're almost being silenced in some way. And it's just this very kind of, I'm not in any way, shape or form pointing finger, but it's just a scenario that I've kind of witnessed play out and dynamics playing out. And yet they have no ability to change their mind. Maybe someone initially went down the path of trying veganism and then realized, okay, this doesn't actually sit right with me. It's not benefiting my health, et cetera. But now I can't almost change my mind because I feel this innate pressure from the external world and the people that I've associated myself with that now it's a detriment to my own mental health, my own, uh, yeah, my own health just generally so it's just yeah that that's that's something that I'm witnessing quite openly from my perspective yeah I think that sort of is the container for the climate we're living in so no matter what topic we talk about I think that's the lens in which 
we're looking at these things like it's sort of a different topic but one thing that we touched on in the early days was the idea of the which you I don't think you like the term and now I'm like yeah maybe it's not the right term but renaissance woman in all honesty I had to google what renaissance woman meant I went like I had to I was like she keeps on saying renaissance oh okay I get it so <laughs> I I must have heard it once and like grabbed onto it because I was like oh renaissance like the birth of art, of culture, of like new thinking, of just these like open minds and this ability to express and create and like, wow, what a time to be alive after such oppression and like sitting on your hands and being fearful, like boom, like flowers bursting out. And so I took that to be like the Renaissance woman in today's age is like that woman who is not, segregated to or relegated to like one stream of thinking of one vocation of like one way of being it's the woman who woman or man I love a renaissance man too or yeah them they whatever whatever they you know identify but the idea that you can be multiple things at once and that's okay and so like we got chatting a while ago about the stigma that's attached to what do you do for work what do you do for a living and that question that can cause such anxiety, such social anxiety for a Renaissance person, you know. Mm. And this oh. whole theme of the ability to change your mind, I think, comes into this as well because I feel a lot of us, you know, finished a particular thing when we left high school and it's, I don't feel like it's so much expected anymore to stay in the one field from that point onwards. But yes, the the whole concept of a Renaissance woman. Yeah. Well, and it's hard because you studied one thing, put a lot of cash into that, a lot of time. There's a lot of expectation on you from whoever, be it family, friends, like even like family friends who are watching from afar. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's a really... I mean, it's poignant in my life because I'm clearly Renaissance woman. Like I have a hand in many things and I create an income from many things. And I quite like that. Like I don't, I have the option to go full time and do one thing. I think I, I like the path of the Renaissance woman, but I'm aware of the the weight of the stigma that that carries. And like, you're, it's a bit of an uphill battle. Like you're constantly having to calibrate who's the audience I'm talking to when they ask, what do you do? Like, mm-hmm. and I don't want to alienate people or like not position yourself correctly Mm. as it's a whole host of um, issues that come with it. Do you feel like that is something that you've perceived as necessary or have you actually witnessed it play out, um, the the judgment of of the fact that, you know, for me personally, as of when the pandemic hit last year, I've had to diversify my income across four streams just to make sure that I can make ends meet. You know, I don't need to be across the four streams, but I just have backup now to, to ensure that, you know, if one stream goes down because of a lockdown, I've got something to back me up. Have you felt and heard it reflected from the external world or is that something and a story that you've actually developed internally definitely probably a self-imposed limiting belief Mm -hmm. probably created because I heard it once from someone well not once like I continually hear like I don't get what you do Mm. 
that that statement directed directly towards you yeah and to like one of my areas of like expertise or the work that I do is in design thinking and workshops and facilitating discussions that need to happen from multiple stakeholders and it's kind of like doing a ropes course but in your mind and so you're creatively thinking through problems and coming up with new answers and it's pretty abstract like people go I don't know how to place you in a box like couldn't you just say you know you're an architect or you're this thing or that thing and I think I've probably internalized that as a bit of a struggle in terms of positioning what I do to the world Mm -hmm. for example putting together a new website it's like ah and I've told you this at length like I mean I work in corporate but I also really like my heart is with women in a, like our age bracket, 20s, 30s, 40s, um, and helping build leadership capacity there. And to me, that's like oh, that's a separate kind of realm to corporate facilitated workshops. Mm. But don't you feel, out of curiosity, the the fact that you have this you have these different highways and and elements that you've worked within that makes you even more well-rounded to be able to provide a particular type of product she's crossing her fingers right now I can I I can assure you you do have it in you and we need to stop this this internal uh uh, doubt (laughs) Um, yeah you hit the nail on the head like even for me and and my yeah do you I guess career path has been so disjointed so I left school I wanted to be an actress I wanted to be a model but that wasn't considered a real career path particularly with European parents went on to study event management had a pretty good 10-year career you know I almost was earning six figures at one point and then had a mental breakdown in that whole time I was um, modeling as well and then I decided to go off to LA and start modeling full-time while I was in LA because I was so used to the constructs of having regular income and a I guess a framework and and a daily um, schedule that I was so used to when I actually arrived in LA the modeling world you have no consistency you don't know if you're going to get a job tomorrow in the next week. You don't know where you, your next paycheck's coming through. So I really needed to stabilize my emotional and internal roller coaster. And through that is when I came across yoga and the whole health realm, which I'm now really drawn to. So I've got, you know, I'm a copywriter. I'm a content creator. I'm a yoga teacher who also teaches meditation. I'm an events manager. I'm a model. And so I have all these skill sets, you know, a jack of all trades. Am I a master of one? I don't know. But in saying that, the fruitfulness and the depth, I guess, that comes from having those experiences that aren't just this kind of one path allow me to be able to see and I think witness other people's experiences from a different perspective because I haven't just stuck to the one Mm. career path yeah I don't know if you feel the same with that yeah I mean that's the flip side and and I think that's why we keep showing up and choosing the renaissance 
lifestyle because you and I both know that you could go back to full-time. You could easily like roll back into event management or or some other corporate gig or some other like nine to five job. But I think the silver lining to being the Renaissance woman and having these multiple um, levels of experience is because, yeah, hopefully like you do feel, I feel like you have multiple vantage points mm. and it gives more access points to, to, to feel what other people are going through and to understand what their world might be like. Just more tools to play with. Like some days I'm doing hypnotherapy with people and then other days I'm getting to speak on stage to people about creativity and innovation. And while they don't always connect, I think I think the issue and my internal issue is like for me to feel whole, and I think that's the aim of the game, is like people want to feel whole. Like I don't want to feel disjointed and like pieces of me don't connect. But when I can see a through line, you're like, oh, presenting on stage connects 100% to the hypnotherapy and it connects to being a great mum and connects to being like a human trying to figure out life in a pandemic that seems like it will never end. I think you have to see pieces of yourself through all those different lenses that you're showing up in the world. The like disconnect for me is when I can't quite fit it in a container. There's no nice bow for me on it. And so when I sit down and I try and write the web copy for my new website, it's like, I have such a hard time because it has to connect. Like I want someone to be able to see all of me. And maybe this is another like tangent to go down of, of like, is that what people want? Is that like when you walk into a room, do you want to, do you want people to see all of you? I mean, not the parts that are the personal, but like, don't you want to be seen for like all of you? Absolutely. And- like, and I think, you know, it's so funny. I was actually thinking about this concept. I'm so bought, uh, glad you brought this up. But the whole concept of masks, we have a different mask that we always apply no matter which setting we walk into. And I would like to challenge this because I really want to lead for a place of speaking my truth and always showing up as the one consistent individual. But you can't help changing your pitch a little bit depending on where you are and I even things that go through my mind you know with the modeling realm I have you know done the whole California hot you know bikini girl and I'm like will that ever come to bite me in the ass laid down the track if I decide to go back to corporate but then I start thinking I'm like no but that's who I am that was my experience I lived that I went overseas by myself, you know, and, and tried chasing my dreams overseas. I did that. So that's something that I should be proud of, not ashamed of. And I feel that, yeah, we have this tendency of kind of showing up with masks and I just, I keep on challenging myself. I'm like, why is it like that? Why do I still feel some level of pressure to just alter, you know, minute things I'm not changing myself as a, you know, a complete human, but you change your tone, you change your pitch. You... Yeah. Why? Why? And, like, I really believe that we're selling out our soul. Like, I don't know if it's something about tipping over into your 30s. I'm a little bit older. But, like, I'm, like, midpoint. I'm at that point. I've just had a birthday. I'm like, oh, in fact, I'm not even, like, early 30s anymore. I'm, like, on the other side. But welcome. <laughs> but, um, on the other side of like 
the halfway point in your 30s is like it sounds like you're already feeling this is like getting to know yourself and in your skin of I would rather not sacrifice a piece of me and who I am and the way I show up in order to fit in and and wear the mask than like give up a piece of who I am and so I'm in this weird uncomfortable place of like figuring out how that looks and when I show up in different social situations and work situations and I think the first key is awareness like I noticed it on a zoom call the other day for it was a corporate workshop with like 50 partners this firm and like super corporate and I I had showed up a few minutes before the call and I had put like my zoom uniform on for work I sort of had a blazer party up top <laughs> I mean party down bottom <laughs> up top we're all corporate <laughs> exactly but um my team called it like the design team I jumped on a few minutes earlier with them and they're like whoa what are you doing you're like super corporated up Annie and I was like yeah like I have to be a certain there's a certain look that people expect of me mm. and they're like you're pretty casual around here now like you don't have to do that. I mean, you look great, but not expected. And I think, wow, like I'm just reflecting on that now. Like maybe we put those expectations on ourselves that people, we think people expect us to show up a certain way, but showing up as yourself is what people want. Like they want all of you. They want, you know, the raw version of you. And so like took it all off, was casual and I could feel my natural self coming through and even though you're right like you have to sort of edit it a little bit to show up in situations so I wasn't completely like off the cuff and swearing but I felt more me so I mean that's a tiny example of like catching yourself in the moments of like who am I doing this for am I selling myself out a little bit and who's placing these expectations on me is that me oh that's me That's a nice little catch though. Right. And I mean, I felt awkward in a blazer anyway. Who wears blazers anymore? <laughs> yeah, get rid of that thing. Particularly now that you're in Byron Bay, I didn't expect uh-huh. that, uh, that blazer to come out. <laughs> I've got some rapid fire questions for you. Um, Daniela. Yes. Yes, that again. What would be your last meal on earth? I think it would be a smoothie bowl. I'm the self-proclaimed smoothie bowl queen, so I'd probably go a smoothie bowl. Mm, anything in it in particular? Uh, if I wasn't having my high histamine reactions, <laughs> it would be uh, banana, spinach, uh, banana, spinach, avocado, some protein powder, some collagen powder, and uh, maybe some maca powder with some delicious like paleo granola on top. So like a green monster choco smoothie? Mm. Oh, I probably wouldn't go chocolate uh, protein powder. Go vanilla. Oh, sorry. How about you? Ooh, right back at you. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll do these rapid fire questions, but one person chooses the questions, but we both must answer. Oh, it'd be some Asian fusion. Mm. A bit of like that's the category, but something spicy. Um, do you want to throw out a rapid fire question? Ooh. What has been the most challenging thing coming out of the C word, which is what's going on in the world right now? Um, What we just talked about before, being able to safely share a point of view, information, a belief system, that has felt really challenging and unsafe and like still super uncomfortable for me, if I'm honest, because Mm -hmm. I've, 
breaking up with an identity of myself that wants to fit in with people that know me a certain way. Mm-hmm. And um, like that little black voice of truth in me is like, no, nah, not good enough, not good enough for you. You've got to start speaking your truth. You've got to speak up. You've got to stand up. You've got to be um, an example for your kids. I think that's been the biggest personal struggle is like finding my edge of like what's healthy for me to share with people before it becomes like you're just getting attack. attack. And that and it's whole like, loop of self-preservation is coming into yeah. like many people yeah. are staying quiet because they just need to self-preserve in order to get through this. Yeah, and like prior to this call, I admitted to you I was like on a deep dive down a rabbit hole and I'm like I'm angry about it and I want to share about it but discerning between that line of what is helpful noise out there because fuck it's noisy and what's important to speak up about in order for like fellow Australians to feel heard and seen and then what is just like a time to keep your mouth shut because everybody's um and I I believe this like everybody's choice is their own to make that's not my it's not my right to impose my beliefs on them about that but it is my right to share a point of view and so that's challenging finding that balance you uh for me personally I had to go through a stage of mourning Uh, I was due to go back to LA I had come from this really kind of high life of like finally following my dreams going over to LA absolutely loving the experience and then felt like I had my wings clipped I'm now uh 30 I'm going to hit 32 this year in October and I've really just had to, I, I felt like I've been in this like tug of war internally and this state of limbo of, am I going to go back? Am I not? And then my visa lapsed and I almost had to go through this stage of mourning that that's no longer a possibility. And I've had this internal voice as well of, oh, that's such a first world problem, but it's my reality and I need to honor that. And that's Okay. And I think, you know, beating myself from that side has been just sitting with that voice as well and being like, no, I'm allowed to have this process and mourn the fact that I've, you know, things haven't panned out the way I expected them to. But also just trying to figure out what this next phase looks like for me personally, not having a grasp on what, you know, everything's so unpredictable at the moment and a lot of the spheres that I work in, really rely on things being open so it's I'm I'm in the process of reinventing myself right now and that has been probably one of the most challenging and confronting things and particularly coming back from Los Angeles where I had the ability to expand and you know it was kind of a clean slate where I stepped into a foreign space and was able to start choosing my friendships based on where I was at at that point in my life and start choosing you know better choices for my health etc and then I've returned back home had my wings clipped and it's almost like this framework that was laid down when I was in Australia and I'm coming back with this like new program or motherboard or whatever and trying to fit it back on an old framework and it's kind of like I'm just trying to figure out how I fit within this space um, and with everything that's going on. And I think that's truly been the most challenging thing for me personally. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. I mean, I relate to that deeply. Mm. 
and it feels like even when you describe the motherboard trying to fit onto the old is a bit of that like oh I want to fit in with like my old self I think some of those pieces just inherently will never fit back Mm-mm. that is the uncomfortable growth as humans of like sliding off into another dimension here and like in that limerence that feeling of like not knowing like the ground beneath you is really fucking scary Mm -hmm. amen so I mean I think in another episode we could get into like how do you how do you navigate that like (laughs) bumpy landing but the realization that it's not going to fit and then how you reinvent from Mm -hmm. from a new platform because I'm very much in it at the moment. And I think, you know, the whole concept of this podcast was we all have a tendency of speaking after the fact of like we look at things in hindsight, whereas this is very much a space where we'll be discussing things coming up right here, right now, the process that we're going through internally, which is so, I don't know, there's an element that's so excited about it. And I'm, I'm naturally an oversharer, but there's also like, oh, just, you know, I've got to package this up and make it look nice because I can't have people knowing the raw aspect of me. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm very much open to discussing that process um, from a space of currently being in it rather than a hindsight perspective. Yes, I love it. Let's do it going forward. Are you feeling comfortable with calling this a our first episode of whatever this is? <laughs> What is this dog's breakfast of no insightful combo? And if this never makes it to air, I had a great time just chatting to you as always. Me too, my love. And to anyone out there watching, hello. Uh, thanks for tuning in and staying with us this far. If you've got any suggestions on names. So we had No Right Way, the Renaissance Woman. And what was the other one? I was actually going to say the fumble because <laughs> we're all just fumbling through life. Taking it up as we go. The fumble. The fumble. Fumble diaries. (laughs) Taking suggestions, folks, in the comment section below, please. We send you love and light wherever you are in the world. And um, yeah, until next time, whatever this is. Maybe that's what the name is. Whatever this is. (laughs) Peace. Ciao, ciao.